Well, today we celebrate the great feast day of Corpus Christi, which is Latin for the body of Christ. It's a feast uh, celebrated in honor of the real presence of Jesus Christ in the Holy Eucharist. Pope Urban IV added this feast to the church's calendar around the world in 1264. It's been around for a while. And at first, we might think it's redundant. I mean, every Mass, all year, is a celebration of Jesus' real presence. And and we already have Holy Thursday, uh, the day we celebrate the Last Supper, you know, when Jesus gave us the body and blood, his body and blood in the Eucharist. But the thing is, a lot of stuff happens around Holy Thursday. There's Good Friday, Holy Saturday, Easter Sunday. uh, And the mystery of the real presence of Christ risks getting lost in the busyness of Holy Week or in the routine of weekday or weekend regular Mass. Uh, This mystery, though, it's too important. So important that Pope Urban wanted a day when everyone would focus just on the Lord's real presence, teaching us year after year uh, to meditate on this reality. And so we have this great feast day today. And when Pope Urban set up this feast on the church's calendar, he needed someone to compose music for it. You know, music that would be chanted or sung at Mass um, and in the liturgy of the hours, you know, morning prayer, daytime prayer, and all that. He gave that task to one of my favorite saints, St. Thomas Aquinas. He wrote several hymns for the feast, including the sequence, the Lauda Sion, which we recited just before the gospel. Another of the hymns he composed for this feast is entitled Adoro Te Devote. And both of those hymns, they're very beautiful. And if you can, I just encourage you to meditate on them a little bit. In fact, uh, I'm going to focus on the latter of those two, the Adoro Te Devote, uh, which uh, I'll just read an English translation of it, sort of slowly. And I just urge you to pay attention. Maybe close your eyes and just listen. Try to pay attention to these words. I devoutly adore you, O hidden deity, truly hidden beneath these appearances. My whole heart submits to you, and in contemplating you, it surrenders itself completely. Sight, touch, taste are all deceived in their judgment of you. But hearing suffices firmly to believe. I believe all that the Son of God has spoken. There is nothing truer than this word of truth. On the cross, only the divinity was hidden. But here, the humanity is also hidden. I believe and confess both. And ask for what the repentant thief asked. I do not see the wounds as Thomas did, but I confess that you are my God. Make me believe more and more in you. Hope in you and love you. O memorial of the Lord's death, living bread that gives life to men, grant my soul to live in you and always to savor your sweetness. Lord Jesus, good pelican, Wash me clean with your blood, one drop of which 
can free the entire world of all its sins. Jesus, whom now I see hidden, I ask you to fulfill what I so desire, the sight of your face being unveiled so that I may have the happiness of seeing your glory. Amen. Very beautiful, very poetic. Again, it's worth our meditation. The first few lines of that hymn, I devoutly adore you, O hidden deity, truly hidden beneath these appearances. I think that kind of sums up uh, the meaning of today's feast. That Jesus Christ, the second person of the Blessed Trinity, God, is hidden, but made present under the simple appearances of bread and wine in the Holy Eucharist. This reminds us that God the Father was not content uh, more than 2,000 years ago with giving us his son, Jesus, for just a few years, like 33 years or so. We know that Jesus took on a human body like ours from the Blessed Virgin Mary. We know he suffered and died on the cross. On the third day, he rose from the dead. Forty days later, he ascended into heaven. And that could have been the end of the story, but it wasn't. It's been celebrated recently that he sent the Holy Spirit of the church at Pentecost. And through that, through his work, the Holy Spirit at work in the Eucharist, in the Mass, he's still with us. Jesus wanted to remain with us forever. And that's why, to back up a bit, on the night before his death, at the Last Supper, he took ordinary bread and wine. He changed it to his body and his blood. And by giving us the Holy Eucharist, Jesus had made, has made permanent his presence with us. He's with us until the end of time, present in the Holy Eucharist with all his divinity and all his humanity. We need to remember the Eucharist is not just a passive thing, an object that we worship. No, the Eucharist is Jesus, a living being. He sees us, he listens to us, he answers our prayers with his graces when we come near him. He is as much present to us as he was to his disciples more than 2,000 years ago. The only difference is that his divinity and humanity are imperceptible to our senses. By faith, given to us first at baptism, we know that Jesus is present here. It just happens to be hidden a bit under the appearances of bread and wine. So in addition to knowing all that with certainty that Jesus Christ is present in the Eucharist, we as Catholics, we also have the great privilege to receive our Lord in holy communion. Everyone who does so is physically united with the Lord. But we know from experience this union with our Lord in holy communion doesn't produce the same effects in every person. If it did, we would all be perfect saints after receiving communion once. But the effects of the Holy Eucharist are in proportion to our interior preparation, our, our disposition to receive the Lord. Well, this means that Holy Communion affects us positively as far as we place no obstacles in his way. Communion has an effect that's proportional 
to how closely our hearts and wills are in conformity with those of God. The greater our love of God in receiving the Holy Eucharist, the more sanctifying grace and charity we will receive and use and exercise. What this means is that if we live far from God, on the flip side of things, if we live far from God and we have not repented of sin, receiving communion will have less of a positive effect upon us. God won't be able to act as freely in our lives. In fact, if we receive unworthily while in a state of mortal sin, it could actually add insult to injury, further sin upon sin. This is why it's important for us to go to confession regularly and even, if possible, immediately if one of us is aware of having committed a serious sin. Get rid of the guilt so you can approach Jesus with a clear conscience. Because communion is not, it is not just a token of hospitality. It's the Lord. It's not all about making us feel welcome. We need to approach the Lord with humility. Likewise, I've heard it argued that communion is medicine for the sinner. And that like physical medicine, it heals so it should be given to everyone, to all the sinners. But that's not quite right. Like pharmaceuticals, communion is only helpful if the directions are followed. And it can be spiritually deadly, in fact, if communion is taken by the wrong person at the wrong time or in the wrong way. It makes things much worse. But for someone who is ready a Catholic who's repented of sin, been forgiven of any mortal sins in confession, for this person, communion has many great effects. It unites us to the church, to one another, to this community that agrees on the tenets of the faith and on the moral teachings. If you're united to those teachings in the faith, then, yes, come forward for communion. Uh, in fact, the Eucharist, it is the Eucharist that nourishes and holds the Catholic Church together, Without the Eucharist, the church would crumble apart. Communion, secondly, forgives our venial, you know, less serious, sins. Gives us the grace to avoid sins in the future. And finally, of course, it also brings us very close to Jesus. In fact, as close as we can get in this life. In a way, as close as Mary was to Jesus when she carried him in her womb. It's pretty close. Very beautiful. And so today, on this solemnity of the most holy body and blood of Christ, let us try to contemplate how awesome it is that we have access to this hidden deity, as it says in that song. The Lord, in our Catholic churches, in the Holy Eucharist. And let us conform our hearts and wills to those of Jesus Get rid of all obstacles of sin in our souls through confession so that we can receive the Lord worthily now, right now in Holy Communion and someday with St. Thomas Aquinas, enjoy the sight of the Lord's face unveiled in the glory of heaven. Amen.